Welcome to episode 77 of Chew on This, a Nerd United podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. Well, this is our seventh casserole, but this one's a little more unique because it's going to strictly focus on Star Wars celebration. Now, uh, I just want to preface it by saying we didn't exactly go this year, but they live streamed the entire thing. Uh, from Thursday all the way till uh, Sunday, even the closing ceremony. So it was a lot. It was like five or six hours of Star Wars, four days in a row. So it was a lot. Um, we actually uh, did go to celebrations several t- like a couple times. I've been to a bunch of them. I think you, Vic has been to a couple of them, and we actually got to go to one together two years ago. And I think we've we've talked about that story pretty heavily. But uh, it, it was a lot of fun, a lot of stuff to do, and Anaheim is great. And one thing that I loved about the Anaheim one, though, is outside they had all these different type of food trucks, and which was great because normally these venues don't have a lot of food. Uh, but this particular venue had tons of different food you could choose from outside, which was, which was fantastic. The only problem is uh, out here in the West Coast, especially when you're – wanting to go and do Star Wars all day or Comic-Con or some convention all day long. Uh, food trucks are great and all, but we could really use a Wawa out here. Well, they leave after a while. Like, they leave after, you know, they usually close down at like 10 or 11. And where I went to school, the grease trucks is what we called them, um, not food trucks, <laughs> grease trucks. Nice. Where I went to college, the grease trucks would be, you know, they'd be done at around – uh, the, the grease trucks wouldn't be done until like after the bars were, you know, closed. So like if the oh. bar closed at two, they wouldn't leave till like three o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah. Um, f- food trucks in Anaheim, however, were done at, but what, like nine o'clock. Yeah. As soon as celebration was over, they'd only stay open another hour or two and then they were gone. Yeah. So, you know, on, on something like celebration, it'd be nice to actually walk into a Wawa and get like a full sub chips and soda. And if you're California, you can get beer. Um, which is nice too. Um, so again, continuing with our, with our trend here, I don't know how many episodes we've done with West coast Wawa again, that's hashtag West coast Wawa. Um, we will not stop, um, until somebody recognizes from Wawa or you people get so sick and tired of us mentioning Wawa that you actually start retweeting this stuff. (laughs) <laughs> or hashtagging everything. Or so s- stop downloading the podcast and we <laughs> <laughs> Um so yes, please West Coast Wawa. It'd be great to uh go hopefully to the next celebration and there's an actual Wawa out there. It's it's in Anaheim. That would be fantastic. So with this and the so with this one we you know, again we didn't go um we saw all the videos, uh, all the live streams and they opened big on Thursday with a 40th anniversary panel. Mm-hmm. Um, some major stuff happened there. The first major thing was that Harrison Ford actually made it this time because he didn't crash a plane. Because um, <laughs> when we went, he was supposed to be there, but he had gotten into a plane accident and I think couldn't make it for that one. So this time he, I think he drove, So which is good. Um, <laughs> another big one was uh, Hayden Christensen made his first – uh, celebration since the uh, since I think he was at Revenge, since, uh, Revenge of the Sith one yeah episode, since we, uh, celebration three right and that's where we uh, that's where you and I met so we right. got to yeah we got to see him there and 
I remember the Rick McCollum special. That was like the big deal to watch the 3D presentation. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. they had some. I, you know, there was a few people missing from here. Um, oh yeah, the, one of the biggest names um, was uh, Natalie Portman. Was a huge one. Which um, I don't know. Maybe she thinks she's too good for Star Wars right now. Um, but uh, she didn't show up. They didn't even mention her actually. No, not at, of, not at of once. course they they mentioned Carrie Fisher. Um, they barely mentioned Kenny Baker. Um, um, who both both of them had passed this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, who other surprises did we get? Oh, some of the one other person before we get into the fourth panel because it's you know there was a lot of good stuff that was happening there, a lot of reminiscing, a lot of cool stories. But one of the things that I want to mention that nobody mentions um, is where's David Prowse? Ah, um, uh, yeah. So yeah. you, how can you have a 40th anniversary panel and not have Darth Vader himself there? Yes, James Earl Jones is the voice. Um, like James Earl Jones has said, he's more of an after effect because the acting is basically all done by David Prowse. So how can you not have Darth Vader himself there? I know Lucas and him had some beef, but this guy doesn't have much time left, and he's Vader. So... Come on, where's David Prowse? Hashtag that. Where's David Prowse? Yeah, it, that was um, that would have been huge. That would have been bigger than putting Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Finally, you know. <laughs> well, I, I think some other Philly fans might argue with that. Who aren't <laughs> Star Wars fans? <laughs> I don't care. This is, it, it, David Prowse is, is uh, worldwide. You know, Pete Rose is just a you know whatever USA. But um, yeah. It, I remember you mentioning a few podcasts back about the documentary about him and uh, I am your father. I think it's called, and it's, it's great. Any star Wars fan should watch it. Um, it's on, I think it's still on Netflix, but it's really yes. great because it really focuses on him and his career. And this guy really took a time to learn about David Prowse and why, you know, he had a lifetime ban from Lucasfilm or from the conventions and all that. And really honestly, after all this time, let it fucking go, man. Like, let this guy come and be adored by his fans. You so know? the other thing about it is if you actually watch the documentary, it, it, it's pretty close to maybe he might not have said a couple of things that, that they thought, but he definitely didn't do the things which basically got him the ban. I think the thing that might have rubbed Lucas that he actually did say the wrong way was um, was that he wasn't – I don't think he was a big fan of the prequels. Don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if he did everything that you're pissed off at him about you fucking you have seven billion (laughs) dollars get the fuck over it yeah get over it i would i seriously i would not like one of the things about the 40th panel is that one of the big things is they actually got george lucas there his first in celebration three and um you know you could tell he was still jaded by critics and some fans about the criticism he got for episodes one two and three right um, I mean, he was stoned face when Liam Neeson cracked a joke about Jar Jar, um, Jar, Jar Binks in, in the in his little uh, skit that he had there because he couldn't make it. He was filming, and you could see Lucas was like stone faced about Jar. Like he he if if Lucas was like thirty years younger and maybe three feet taller, he probably would kick Liam Neeson's ass. But he's not. But <laughs> but uh, you could tell he's still affected by this stuff, and it honestly would not surprise me if. One of the things he put in the contract was before he signed over to Disney was that he wanted the continuation or the continue to continue the ban of of David Prowse from these from these celebrations. It's bullshit, honestly. Like 
How can you how can you have that much money and still be bitter about something that honestly doesn't even fucking matter anymore? Yeah. Especially since the internet now spoils everything. Everything. I, I, I don't know. And you've had other people that were in the movies that bash the prequels. And they didn't get bans. I mean, I, I you know, uh, Luke you, did. I mean, Mark Hamill did. You know, it, Mark Hamill bashed bashed some of it. Uh, uh, Ewan McGregor bashed bashed it. Uh, he hasn't appeared in any celebration, like none of them. Yeah. Um, so, and he, you know, he's been pretty coy about you know wanting to come back and stuff. I'm, I, I would love that. Um, oh yeah. But he has bashed the prequels. He has. Yep. So, but you know, whatever he, I guess he's a bigger star. So yeah, we can't, uh, ban him or, you know, anything like that, but yeah. Um, so getting back to the panel, it was pretty cool to see Hayden Christensen up there. He looked pretty comfortable. Looked, he looked like happy to be there again. And I'd love for him to get a second chance. I honestly would. Me too. It's not like, it's not like Jake Lloyd, who is basically terrible in everything I've ever seen him in. And I know he's going through some hard times now, but I'm just talking about it on screen. I'm just trying to separate his on-screen performances versus what is going through his personal life. And on screen, he kind of blows. So I don't think he has what it takes with even a you know a decent director directing him. I've seen Hayden Christensen in a couple things. He was in uh, Life as a House. Oh yeah, which was really good. And then what was the one again that he did? With uh, the, that it was a writer. Yeah, uh, that was Shattered Glass. Right. That was he was really, really good in that. Good. Um, so he's he's got. I like. I mean, a lot of his. Other, he Jumper. was okay in Jumper. Yeah, I like. But again, like what's going to happen is you, you get these young talented people, and unless they're phenomenal, like Natalie Portman, they can overcome the prequels, right? Unfortunately, I don't think Hayden Christensen has been in a film that is that great with a director that can push him to the boundaries to actually get the best out of him because I think he has it in him. And I think if you put him in front of a good director and give him a second chance to actually, you know, maybe tell that Vader story from, you know, Revenge of the Sith, you know, the same thing that we want Obi-Wan. We want we want episode three, the gap between episode three and episode four. Mm-hmm. We want those Obi-Wan stories. Well, I want a Vader story in there. Absolutely. You know, I want. And please, if there's any chance, give Christensen a chance to, you know, don the uh, don the helmet again. Um, it would just be awesome to just have him be in there and maybe see him with the mask once in a while off, you know. And then, of course, you get like a different like stunt person in there and do all of the shit. And, I, you know, but, I, I want to riff a little bit about a Vader movie. I mean, they really could. Um, uh, we're going to talk about Rebels a little bit later, but. They really could mesh the Darth Vader story with the Rebels uh, story. Like if they don't kill, oh, they could, yeah. if they don't kill those characters off, like Ahsoka or Ezra or Kanan or whatever, um, at the end of Rebels, you could segue into a Darth Vader movie, live action movie. Because I know that Dave Filoni, he was asked at the panel whether or not he would direct a live action movie, and he was very interested in it. So that, I mean, they could do a Darth Vader movie, um, you know, keep Tarkin out of it. That's a lot of digital work. Uh, but just keep, have Darth Vader in there. Finally, like, actually hunting down Jedi because that's been mentioned a lot um, that he hunted yeah. and killed all the Jedi. So you you took out the deleted scene of Shakti being killed in Revenge of the Sith. You actually put her in Force Unleashed, you know, where Starkiller kills her. But I don't think Force Unleashed is canon, is it? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, so I mean, you could you could have Ahsoka, you can have Kanan, you could have Ezra, or well, it depends. It honestly depends on the timeline of like not to jump too far ahead, right? But you know, it depends on when Rebels ends, like where it is 
sitting because now they're getting very close to <coughs> Rogue One, who she's mentioned in Rogue One. Uh, Hera is, and, yes, um, and uh, uh, what's the choppers in our uh, in that movie too, and so is the the ship that they fly. Right, um, is in Rogue One, so it's canon now. So I guess it really depends be, on where you're you might be. be right. So Darth Vader story, <clears throat> Darth Vader story wouldn't work with Rebels unless it was between New Hope and Empire. I guess. Well, it uh, would have to if if again, depending on what they do in Rebels, if those people are still alive by the end of Rebels, you could have them murdered by Darth Maul because there's Darth a short Vader. time frame. Darth Darth, yeah, Vader. sorry, Darth Vader. Uh, Maul's already dead. Finally, uh, finally. <laughs> Uh, yeah, after getting cut in fucking half. Um, so there's a t- there's a short time frame between uh, there could be a short time frame between uh, Rogue One and and Rebels that you could fit a standalone Vader story. I don't need like a trilogy of, of Vader stories. I feel like if I can just see the conflict, more conflict than I did in Revenge of the Sith, where he you know battles at, and that he, it would be interesting to just make a movie based on just a villain. You yeah, know, don't give me the soft Vader. Give I, me I the guess, guy that scared the shit out of you when you watched the, 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 the original trilogy. No, the original trilogy. Real trilogy. Like that guy. Yeah, I know, guess before I, Jedi. I guess you could do that, or I mean, or they would just go back to end of Revenge of the Sith and fill in that nineteen-year gap. You know, where he's still young. Um, and yeah, but I think that might be because there's that's a huge gap, right? And yeah, as I could see a lot more. Obi-Wan stories that I could see Vader stories and here's why because I just think in in the original trilogy he was barely in it clearly and in the um, prequels he was underused and and Ewan McGregor is just a phenomenal actor and I I feel like if if I want to see a Vader movie I want to see one standalone movie where you finally see like that 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 utter like death about Vader that you're just scared shitless at the end of Rogue One um, yeah. I want to see that, yeah. uh, and I feel like if I if you push it to a trilogy, you know, I, again, I don't want to see the soft Vader. I, I only want to see a minute amount of conflict where he's just all red, like he just he's just all about you know hunting these people down and not giving a shit, right? You know, that's what I want to see, and I, I don't think I need to see three movies of that. I, I no, think I could no. be satisfied with one. Uh, yeah, one off would be good. Um, would be really good, and but. Yeah, there's. I mean, shoot, there's so many different stories you could tell because there is a pretty large gap there that they could do. Um, there is a comic book uh, called Vader Down where he actually like crashes on a planet and he's got to like, I think I think he's with the Emperor or something like that, and they have to get off this planet, and it's it's pretty bad what they do too to get off the planet. But yeah, so um, but that was cool to see Hayden Christensen. Yes, Harrison Ford was a big surprise, uh, but it. I was really bummed that, you know, like Ewan, Mc, Ewan McGregor wasn't there. They did like little videos with, uh, like you said, Liam Neeson and Sam Jackson, but they weren't like, they weren't great. You know, they were kind of, Sam Jackson's was a little bit, you know, better. Ha ha, a little bit better. Um, but there is some truth to it. Well, yeah, there is because George Lucas kind of confirmed earlier that we don't, I don't think Mace Windu's dead, you know. Usually people don't die unless you see them die. Look, Darth Maul got cut in fucking half. (laughs) And even Lucas himself said, like, you know, he got cut in half. How much more definitive do you want to get? Right. And then they bring bring him back in Clone Wars. And even though you can say Clone Wars might not be canon, but Rebels is. And he's in, you know, he's in... 
the Rebels. So you can't not have that be canon. So if that's the case, then there is a chance that Mace Windu is alive. Yeah, it's um, possible to just go and go into hiding though for thirty years. That, that's just the unlikely thing. You know I just I don't think I. I don't really need to see like a standalone Mace Windu movie if he makes a cameo. I'm <laughs> no. okay with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he. I mean, Sam Jackson's like what sixty or seventy years old. Yeah, like he barely can hold a lightsaber. Like, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to see like a you know defeated Jedi. <laughs> Poor Mace Windu. <laughs> he lost his purple lightsaber. He's got no hand. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> yeah. God. Um, who else was on that panel? Let's see. Uh, Peter Mayhew. Uh, it was cool to see him. Um, he's definitely he's getting up there in age. Poor guy, but um, he's still doing his thing. I guess he's Warwick, in. Warwick Davis was there. Warwick Davis, uh, who was actually hosting a lot of those panels. Um, yeah. I think he hosted a lot last year too in the Europe, the Europe one, but um, who else? Anthony Daniels. He's always a crack up. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a good, it was a pretty good panel. Um, they didn't really, obviously they weren't bringing anything new to the table. There was a lot of the same questions and things I've heard before, but it was pretty cool to see them all up there. Um, and Mark Hamill was up there sitting next to Harrison, which was cool. Yeah. We got to see, but what really brought the house down was they brought out Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord. Oh and, yeah. And then they played that tribute, uh, which you can go on YouTube and watch the tribute. And it's, if you don't cry, then you're a freaking robot, you know? So that was pretty, uh, pretty touching. We did get to see George Lucas change his answer again about the movies. Fuck. Yeah. Originally, it was for originally the. He never said anything about. He never defended the movies before the prequels, you know, like because they were such a success and critical and box office hit, the, the original trilogy was. But yeah. he, he, you know, ever since the prequels, he's always been defending them. And this, he used to say, you know, he just makes it for him himself. Right. Um, they're the most expensive independent movies ever made. And they are. Yeah. Because he basically funded them all. And. So to a certain degree, he's, you know, from a certain point of view, <laughs> he might be right. But, you know, he changed his answer this time and said, you know, he, he made the original, you know, he made, the original trilogy for 12 year olds. Right. To justify the prequels that he made for 12 year olds and stuff like that. And I don't buy it. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, I love George Lucas because I wouldn't have Star Wars. But I, it, every time I hear him in an interview, he's, you know, he never he didn't really have much to say positive about the force awakens. No. Um he was on the side of, you know, they just remade a new hope, which to a degree, you know, he's right. Um again from a certain point of view, he's right. <laughs> but honestly, I like I, I think we've mentioned before on this podcast, they would have never made the force awakens the way they made it or wrote it if the prequels weren't what they were. Yeah. I honestly 100% believe that the force awakens was basically to recreate and show you that Star Wars is still alive and it can be great again yeah. to bring you back. Um, so, again, he didn't have anything positive to say about that. I don't think he said much about Rogue One. I think he said he liked it better than The Force Awakens, which is another dig at The Force Awakens. Yeah. Because Rogue One is essentially like a one-off, so it's really not part of the movies. No. Um, I mean, not the... I'm sorry, not the Skywalker saga anyway. Right. Um, but... Episode seven has direct impact on that. And so, like, I think he, you know, again, if 
There's just no way. Nobody would ever admit it, honestly. Nobody would ever say, like, yeah, we made The Force Awakens like A New Hope because we needed to get butts back in the seat and realize that, the you know, Star Wars could be great again. No, uh, nobody would ever admit it. No one's going to come out on. and say, no one's going to come out and say it like you just said it. But they've they've hinted. I mean, they've they've taken digs at the prequel. Look at the very first line in Episode Seven. You know, it takes a dig at the at the prequels. Um, what's his name? Uh, Vince Van Sand Van Sandal, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name, but yeah, he, his very first line. You know, it's like we need to make things right. You know, stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> but. Yeah, it, I mean, overall, I think it was a pretty it was a pretty cool panel. I think uh, um, I would have really liked to been uh, in that arena to watch that live, but um, it was kind of nice to watch it from my bed <laughs> <laughs> and not be hungover. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah. So that was uh, it. Was it was nice to do that? But so a little bit of a transition. Um, before we get to some of the other stuff later on, but uh, one of the other panels that I was really interested in watching, um, and you'll know where I'm going with this, but the heroines of Star Wars. Um, yes. We we haven't really talked about. Uh, we have a very special podcast coming up uh, soon, and it's about. Uh, it's got a, a female type of uh, theme to it. Um. And one of the people we actually got to interview uh, was the, the the host, if you will, of this particular panel. And she had on there some pretty cool guests. Like she had um, – well, first of all, she brought Dave Filoni out who, you know, created uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, and they brought out uh, – I think it's Ashley Eckstein who plays uh, Ahsoka. Uh, they brought out the the – Lady who plays, was it Sabine? Sabine, and did they bring out Hera? No, I can't. I can't no. remember. Yeah, I don't think Hera was there. That was surprising too, because oh, I well the other thing. Well, okay, so one of the other people they bring out is Daisy Ridley too. Yes. So what they do, they introduce these these new figures that are coming out. That is that is specific, not specific, but they're, they're for they're targeted for the girls. Um, and they look awesome. They're like, they look like they're a step above the, uh, DC superhero girls, uh, action figures, the 12 inch ones. A little more detail, right? Yeah. Like, a little bit more detailed. And what's awesome about this one is they're, they're, they're almost taking a page book out of DC, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, because the DC superhero girls don't have an actual cartoon. They have shorts online. Yes. You just type in DC superhero girls and you'll see the shorts online. Well, Star Wars took that to a next level, basically copying them and trying to make it better. So they made better figures, um, and I'm not saying that because I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm saying it because you could just look at them and see the details much better. And secondly, they created, with Dave Filoni overseeing the project, um, two-minute shorts for each figure. And I think it's going to be an ongoing thing. And but I'm not... all the voices. All right. the voices. So, all the actual voices of all the figures. I don't know how they're going to do Carrie Fisher's uh, because Leia is one of them. Right. And that's that's why I think Hera wasn't out there because she didn't have a figure um, part of yeah, that. Yeah, that was so, a bummer. Yeah. So everybody, everybody that was on the panel except for Dave Filoni um, got a, had a specific figure. And Daisy, they even got Daisy Ridley to do the voice acting for for the two-minute short um, for, for her character. Um 
so that that's like that's awesome um but that was a small portion of the panel most of the panel was talking about the the women in star wars the women who actually have speaking parts in star wars mm-hmm. now um back then it was uh just it was basically princess leia princess and mon leia. mothma yeah and mon, and mon mothma but what's interesting is there's like a thousand men in in those movies right <laughs> and only two women have speaking parts but the what's interesting is that the two women who have speaking parts are the two most important women in those movies oh absolutely um and they're very all of them are very strong independent smart brave um and that seems to be like an ongoing thing that you know that of course Kathleen Kennedy promised us and you know i i still remember i can picture her face when she said you know just wait just wait you know about the you know female representation in the mm-hmm. Star Wars universe knowing full fucking well that Rey was going to be the next Jedi. Oh yeah. Apparently the next we Jedi. We got Rey. we got Rey, we got uh Jin Ursa, which I think they made a doll of her as well. Oh right, that's yeah, she's in there. Um and yeah, I was I was surprised that Felicity didn't come out either. I know she was there. Um they they did a making of Rogue One panel and I I didn't really catch it but I know that Alan Tudyk who played K two S O and I think I know that Forrest Whitaker was there because I saw an interview with Jane, Jane or, or uh, Felicity Jones and Forrest Whitaker like like a small interview like in the main hallway with all the fans hanging out and all that uh, but yeah it was it was a great panel it was really great to see those women up there. Um, because like you said, it, it's, it was a man's world in Star Wars for a very long, like for 30 years. I mean, the Clone Wars was made, what, about 10 years ago. And, um, and it featured some females in there, but rebels really stepped up their game, um, and had some really strong females. And then of course, the well, it all started from Clone Wars. It all started from Clone Wars with, uh, Ahsoka. Yes. Um, her story arc, uh, you're still not done with it, but. Her story arc is, and I'm, I'm only talking about Clone Wars. Her story arc in Clone Wars is awesome. Yeah, um, it's it's so great when you reach the end of her arc in Clone Wars. Um, but uh, but again, couldn't reiterate enough how how awesome the panel was just to have all of their perspectives about their character and what they love about Star Wars. I mean, even um, even when uh, Filoni was talking about his inspirations for female, powerful female characters. He mentioned Princess Leia was like the first one. Yeah, absolutely. That he had. So it's it's about time that they got their due. Um, and I don't have any complaints about it. And it's not about it's not about pushing like feminism. It's just about it's good storytelling. Like it, it just makes sense to me um, to have Ray now the center of, of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is really good storytelling. And it, it's it's a tribute to them, too, like with Ahsoka. I remember they were talking about how in the beginning people were really annoyed with Ahsoka. They didn't, nobody, not a lot of people liked her. Um, and I was kind of one of them uh, in the beginning. I was like, yeah, me I, too. I was like, she's kind of annoying. But <clears throat> they were just like, just wait, just wait. And sure enough, she has one of the kick-ass stories. I mean, it's like... The end of was it season five, I think, and I did watch it. It's like a three or four part. Uh, oh, you caught up! You episode. finally saw oh, the three yeah, episodes. Oh yeah, it's so freaking good. And then uh, <laughs> they came out with a book late last year. That's uh, it's all Ahsoka, 
and they filled in the gap between uh, when she left the Jedi Order and when she comes back in Rebels. And it's a really good book, like a best-selling book, I guess. Um, so, it, it, you know, speaking of Ahsoka, there's been a lot of like ch- uh, a lot of chatter online about, oh, who should play Ahsoka, and she should be in the next movies, and and all this stuff. And um, I, you know, I I have like I'm of two minds of that. It's like number one, don't put a bunch of people in the new movies, you know, that are in the Clone Wars or Rebels, because then it just kind of takes away from that story that's going on. They they could have probably standalone movies or whatever, but also like I think Ahsoka one would be tough. Like you'd have to get an actress that she's she would she'd be really old right. too. She would be depending on how Twilight's age. age. I'm not too sure. I think they age like humanoids. Uh, humans do. Yeah, yeah. So she would be, you know, older ger- than Luke. Ger- geriatric uh, Ahsoka. Older, she would be older than Luke. Yeah. So I don't she would know. actually she would be Vader's age if Vader was still. Oh, well, actually, yeah, she would be a little bit younger than Vader would be if he was alive in Episode Seven. Yeah, something like that. I'm I'm actually um, very nervous about Season Four of Rebels. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. But so anyway, before we uh, kind of transition on, I just want to remind everyone out there we are on uh, Patreon.com, which is a great website uh, to go on there and sponsor your favorite artists. Uh, I mean, I don't paint, but we are uh, podcasters, so it's a kind of an art form, I guess. But if you love, you know, hearing all this content, uh, you know, you can donate or sponsor us for as little as a dollar a month. Um, and there's different tiers of rewards. So, um, you know, depending upon what uh, what you want to sponsor us for, you get all sorts of different rewards. You can get a bonus pod, you can get hats, t-shirts, whatever. Uh, it depends on the tier that you uh, that you do sponsor to. And, uh, that is Patreon. So P A T R E O N.com forward slash chew on this podcast. Um, so one of the other things, uh, the highlight for me and the highlight for you probably as well. Um, just like it was two, two years ago at the last celebration that we went to, but it was, it was when they debuted uh, the trailer for battlefront two. Um, I remember or seeing Battlefront or Battle yeah, Battlefront, right, from uh when we saw it in in Anaheim. That was a big deal for us to to see that and also play on the Battle Pod, which kind of different thing, but uh Unfortunately, cool. the game did not live up to the hype. It didn't. And one of the biggest things or problems for me is I'm not a big multiplayer, like I'm not a big going online kind of guy. So I was really lacking or missing that uh single player campaign. And I I know that they listen because watching the trailer and also hearing uh, listening to the panel or watching the panel, they did say a couple of things that were good about it. They said that there is a single player campaign, which I'm stoked about. There is a pretty high level multiplayer camp, you know, as well, uh, which is good. They should have that. Um, where you can play Darth Maul fighting Yoda. I mean, cool shit that you like. If you have the figures and you're playing outside, you get to do that in multiplayer mode. Um, and then the other thing is you, there is no, uh, DLC thing where you got to pay 50 bucks and get a bunch of episodes. So I was kind of happy about that because I was kind of pissed, you know, you pay $60 for the game and what I got to pay another $50 just to get a map here and there. And like, that's, that's a little excessive. Um, so I, I think they, I think they listened and, uh, after making like what, seven or $800 million on the last game, I think, I think they got enough money. So, um, but it, just, it looks good. Let's just, let's just hope the single campaign 
is is decent. Like, I, 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 that was my biggest gripe with that game too. Was there was no single player campaign. Like, I'm playing, I'm playing Mass Effect Andromeda right now, mm-hmm. and for sixty dollars, I'm gonna get like probably sixty plus hours of gameplay oh. just on a, just on the main story. Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, and Battlefront was you get a few tutorials, and then you go online, and that was it. And then, you know, you start with, like, what, like, eight maps, if even that. Mm-hmm. And then you paid $50 to get the rest of the maps, and that was bullshit. Like, so most of, like, the the maps don't take up a lot of space. It, it was almost like they rushed everything just to get it out on the shelves. Right. And then the, the rest of the game was, like, online. Like, there should have been, like, another downloadable content shit where they actually gave you the rest of the game. Right. On top of the maps. Like, <laughs> fucking $50 for maps and skins. <laughs> Yeah, and you had to like I have a PlayStation Four, and I'm like I don't want to subscribe to a monthly service fight to just to get this content. I'm like, forget it. I don't want to do that or to play it multiplayer. Like, you know, and there was no co-op. I I, I don't know. I haven't heard this yet coming out of uh, Celebration, but I hope there's a co-op campaign because yeah. like I I play Gears of War t- as well. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, the co-op campaign kicks ass there. Yeah, I don't know. They they've really been getting away from that. Like the the Call of Duty series in order to, you know, I don't know, coding or make room or whatever, they just keep it single player and it's it's kind of annoying. Um unless you're playing a multiplayer, you know, map and then you can split screen or whatever, but not the actual game. It's kind of I don't know, it's weird. They've kind of like gone away from that formula and I wish they would come back. Um but yeah, so I don't know. It it looks very promising. I don't know if I'm going to run out and buy it when it first comes out because again, that's sixty dollars, and you wait like what till November or no wait, you wait until like you know February or March the following year, and usually it goes half off for one day. I mean, that's how I got Battlefront to begin with. I bought it for thirty bucks, you know. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I did. I did go into GameStop though, because <laughs> I'm such a nerd. I did go into GameStop though and, and reserve the uh, uh, the Black Series figure that goes along with that game because the game is really interesting because it 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 starts right where Return of the Jedi ends and you're part of a, an elite uh, special force unit like Tie Fighter pilots or something like that and and the and again the game is has a lead is a female. And so, which is very interesting and, and uh, kind of like a Jin and Galen situation. Like I think her dad is part of the empire or something like that. Or like she has like this investment in the empire, not like she's evil or anything, but she feels like that's her, you know, that's all she's known since she's been born. So she, you know, works for the empire and all that stuff, but it looks, it looks good. So we'll see like what happens when it comes out. But uh, especially when you start seeing gameplay footage. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get more. It's so early. It, it comes seven out in months. November. Yeah, it's seven months away. But um, so yeah, we, let's move on. Let's move on to the Rebels panel. Yes, because I want to talk about I want to talk about Rebels and what Filoni has done from the Clone Wars till now. Go for it. I fucking love this show. Yes, I, I love it so much. Even the filler episodes, I don't mind because it's just about character development. Mm-hmm. And this and this guy, Dave Filoni, when you listen to him talk about his thought process for creating characters. It's awesome. It's so great. This guy gets it. He gets everything about knowing how to tell a story and building it through characters and story arcs and trying to make sense of everything. Um, and, and for him growing up as a Star Wars fan to not want to like 
do things that other people do about just putting Easter eggs here and there and, and left and right, or just, you know, calling characters back just to put them in the show. He doesn't do that. He only does it if it makes sense. Right. And it's, it's awesome how he tells stories. I love the clone wars. I didn't really get an ending. Um, I have said in the past, I'm not sure here or not, but I really believe Dave, Dave Filoni fixed, fixed a lot of the prequel problems Mm -hmm. uh, in expanding the story um, and explaining a lot of stuff that happens to Anakin um, during that, during the gap between episode two and three. Yeah, absolutely. And then with rebels, um, he just, I mean, before rogue one came out, it was rebels is what we were, you know, watching. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's basically Rogue One right there, right? Like, yeah. it just happens to be in animated form. And these characters are, are just so great. This year with Sabine's story arc, with the Darksaber was so good. Oh, the Mandalorians. Um, yeah, it's great. If you haven't watched it yet, you know, watch it. It's it's so great. Um, especially the end of episode uh, season two, uh, which is amazing. But the big announcement, uh, trying to move this along, because I, I know we're going to end up talking a lot about this one in the next next subject matter. So, <laughs> uh, um, the big announcement was that season four was going to be the last season of Rebels, and apparently it's going to push up really close to Rogue One. Yes. Yeah, even to the point where, like, when I watched the trailer for season four, which is just, it's a total teaser, uh, but I saw, I swear I saw a U-Wing in there. In that in that trailer, I, I really could swear I saw one. So I'm like, ooh, like maybe maybe we'll see. I know we're gonna well, see. Saw did Guerrero. you catch the Did you catch the Death Trooper? Yeah, very very briefly though. Um, it's a very quick cut, and it's a quick cut of the Ewing. So we may. I know we're getting Saw Guerrero again, and Forrest Whitaker's coming back. That's confirmed. But I think we're gonna get. We might get Krennic. We may get um, Cassian and K2, which would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe Jin would be in there. I think that would be t- way too like a coincidence uh, kind of thing. Like she's kind of off doing her own thing. We could get a uh, more of Jetta. Um, we could get Churrit and Boz. You know, maybe as a cameo if they're. I don't. Walking you know, thinking Jetta, about that. Thinking but, about that now, I'm not sure that would make sense. Um, I it would it it completely makes sense to have Cassian in there in K two. Yeah. Not not Jin though. No, no, Cass- absolutely not. Because you don't ever the store the movie opens up with Cassie and trying to get the plans from that guy, right? That he ends up killing in the uh, alleyway. Um, so you could have some meeting in the last two or three episodes about sending somebody off to, you know, retrieve this stuff. There's there's so much. They only do what they do what twenty episodes. 20, yeah, 20, between 20 and 22, something like there that. There is so much to fit in here because the fate of the three Jedi, uh, or, you know, Ezra's not really a Jedi, but he's the closest thing in this time frame. Mm-hmm. So between Ezra, Kanan, and Ahsoka's alive, so there's yeah. no way she's not. Yeah. Um, those story arcs have to end, too, or yeah. they just have to be murdered, <laughs> basically, <laughs> um, because, again, I don't know how they're – they're going to pop up anywhere else unless they, unless they want to do a live action, which I would be kind of annoyed if it's open-ended. I don't want it to be open-ended. I want it to be ended. I want uh, Vader to have some sort of thing to do with it. I want some sort of huge sacrifice to go through with, you know, to kind of end it, Um, you know, a hero's death, something like that to keep it open-ended just doesn't make any sense uh, for the, 
he gets to do an ending, they said. You know, in Clone Wars, he didn't get to. Now he does. He has an end game. So I'm, I'm really, I, I'm dreading it, but I'm really, <laughs> like, when when Ahsoka <clears throat> fought Vader at the end of season two, oh. I, I, first of all, it was amazing. And, you know, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I stayed away from spoilers. Mm-hmm. So that whole time I'm watching that fight, I'm thinking, oh my God, he's going to finally kill Ahsoka. Yeah, me too. You know, I, I really thought that was going to happen. <clears throat> and then when it didn't happen, I was like, and then she walks back into the temple. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe she, well, she's got to come back. There's no way she's dead. So I'm dreading the second fight that happens between them. If, if there is a second fight, I'm really hoping there is. Yeah. Um, because she's, she has to meet her end. I mean, she's just got to. Yeah. It's, um, it's unfortunate, but yeah. I mean, let's, let's. I mean, the the um, the Darth Maul and Obi Wan thing, that, which you didn't like, but I loved. Um, it was so quick, and Obi Wan showed so much compassion as Maul was dying. I'm wanting the exact opposite of the Ahsoka Vader fight because in the first fight that they have, when she gets his mask, you could tell like she she he, he hesitates mm-hmm. a little bit, and that that good creeping into him when they meet again i don't want that i don't want the mm-hmm. the doubt invader i want him it would be amazing if you know ezra and kanan are fighting vader and they're about to get killed ahsoka jumps in and now all three of them are fighting vader and one by one like he picks them all off that as like be, that would be crazy as Chopper and like and Hera like jettison away, yeah, because they show up in Rogue One, so that would right, be, like, yeah. that would be um, like I don't want to see it because I love Ahsoka now as much as I didn't like her in the beginning. That's how much I love her now. Um, I don't want to see her go, but she's got to. It's she just be, has to. What what could it possibly be though that they would? I mean, it has to be something that they've got to protect. I just don't know what that would be. So it's got to be something that they're going to have to do that have to get away well, from. Well, they have to they have to figure out they have to end Loth uh, Lothar's story. Oh that, that yeah, planet. Yeah, and then I would be surprised if they let that Lothar Lothar thing go all season because at some point in time, depending again how close they get to Rogue One, they need to start transitioning to a story or start Easter egging the the plots where there's something big happening that the empire is doing and they need to find out what it is. Right. And if they're, that would be pretty cool if it's that crew that finds out that they're building a death star and that's what sends Cassian on his journey. Oh shit. Like Hera and chopper get away to tell the rebellion. Hey, there's something, something big happening as Vader fights the three Jedi. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, oh I got goosebumps, man. God damn. Yeah, I, I cannot wait. I don't know if you're uh, doing that, Filoni, and I doubt you'd ever listen to this podcast, but just on the outside chance, if you liked anything that you just heard, contact me. <laughs> totally. Because because he drops, he does say when he's saying when he's saying goodbye to Rebels in, in, the, sh- in, the, in the panel, when he says this is the fourth season, but he says, like, specifically, don't worry. You know, this is not the end of Star Wars animation. I'm like, what could you possibly be doing? And what I said was two oh, things. Yeah, it would be it would be the gap between Episode Six and Episode Seven 
or right. it would be Knights of the Old Republic. Ugh. Either one of those would be great. I mean, they could, because... do, they could do between Empire and Jedi, though, too. There's that whole Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, but I don't want him to do love, that. I, but... he's, he's been doing in-between shit. Like, I, like, personally for me, here's my opinion about it. This guy has created characters and storylines and character development, but he had to play within a certain time frame. Yeah. He couldn't do what he wanted. Like, I'm sure he wanted to do other things, but couldn't. But he always played within the Skywalker play box, right? Like, he couldn't go outside of that. Right. Um, I feel like this guy needs a chance to get in his own play box and say, I'm going to create all these new characters, and I'm going to live in, a, in an area in a time frame where it's thousands and thousands of years before Anakin's even born. And I get to tell my own stories this way without having to justify anything to anybody. This is the world I'm going to create. Yeah. And I, I think he would do an amazing job with that. I would be totally behind that. I know a lot of people have been talking about a live action, but I, I would be completely behind him doing an animated version of Knights of the Old Republic. And if they, if I see just a glimpse of Revan, I, I'm going to freak the fuck out. Um, mm. it, it would, that would be amazing. Um, <laughs> So yeah, very. Uh, that was a very good uh, panel with uh, Dave Filoni and uh, is it Pablo Hidalgo? I, I can't. There was a couple of uh, different um, Rebels. Rebels, panels. I think. There was Rebels, a few. I think Rebels, I think was uh, Laura Davis. Yeah, I think it did have the cast up there. Um, they did do a uh, uh, Filoni panel though, with just him and pa- Pablo. That was pretty good too. They, uh, they, Rebels was some other guy. Dave something was hosting. I don't remember who he was. Oh, he them. does a lot of uh, he. That guy does a lot of voices, voice work, and stuff too. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we uh, sort of saved the. I, I don't know necessarily say best, but definitely the the most talked about thing that happened besides the 40th anniversary panel was on uh, the day after they finally dropped the um, the Last Jedi trailer during the or. It was right at the end of the panel, right? They kind of just like kept kept it. They, yep. they do that they, a lot. They saved it. They, they saved, saved it. it for last. Yeah. Versus like I think Rebels like played it at the beginning or something. No, no, like that. it was or, towards the end. It was it toward the end too. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so the last Jedi panel, it was pretty cool. They had uh, I think they had John Boyega up there. They had Daisy Ridley. Um, there was a lot of people missing. Yep. A lot of people missing. <clears throat> uh, I. Let's see. Oscar Isaac's wasn't there. Um, uh, Laura Dern and Benicio del Toro were not there. Yes, that was really mysterious. I was like, "Wow, fuck! I want to know about those characters." Um, who else? There, it's just a so they had a new they had a new cast member there. Oh, um, yes. Her name. Her name. She was she was announced a while ago, but nobody knew who she was playing. Yes. Even when she was announced, she couldn't tell anybody who she was playing. So they finally announced who she's playing. She's playing a character named Rose, and she's just a maintenance worker. For the now, for the resistance, for the uh, resistance, right? I, I'm not. I. It looked like she was in. Uh, yes, for, resistance. I, I think. Oh, she's, first order. I thought she looked like she was in the first order type. Oh, thing. we're gonna have to look that up. But I, I, I could have swore they said resistance, but you might. It don't matter. She's a, she's matter. a maintenance worker, and and when they first said maintenance worker, I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, you got an Asian person finally with a, a main speaking role in Star Wars. And she's she's in maintenance. Like, what the fuck is <laughs> what the fuck is this? 
<laughs> like, uh, want, it, does she also own like a nail salon or a laundromat? Say, like, <laughs> this is bullshit. She's like an accountant. <laughs> yeah, it, or a doctor. Like, this is fucking horseshit. So, but then, but then they said that um, that she's going to have a, a key role in in the movie. She gets into some shit with uh, with Finn. Um, and they have their own adventure, some a little whatever they go, they do something. They didn't give us anything else, right? So that made me feel a lot better that she was just a maintenance worker. So, so that was a that was a big announcement there too because she was the only new cast member that was up there. Yeah, and they and, and like like you said, we didn't know anything about this character. Uh, the actress herself has done a lot of things. I just didn't really put it together, but she's like a big internet star and a comedian, really funny. Um, so her casting was very, like, bizarre and mysterious, you know. But now we know she plays a character called Rose. I think she does work for the Resistance, if I remember right. And she is a part, a big part of the story. So we know Rose is probably, like, honestly, Rose is probably the most normal name in Star Wars, other than Luke. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because think about every name that you've ever heard. Like, I've never heard anybody named Han or Leia. No, Obi Wan. Now there is though. Qui Gon. There's a lot of people called that now. Or Anakin. Now people I've heard people oh, use yeah. Anakin, but like, but Rose and Luke are the most normal ones. Yeah, but I'm I'm interested <laughs> in that because I because the the movie is going to have different uh, focuses. It's going to have different um, plots. You know, you got Ray and Luke, and then you got uh, Finn and Poe doing their thing, and then you have someone I think Kylo Ren and Snoke. You know, so you're going to, uh, you know, it'd be really funny is if they had like a, um, uh, a Rocky, uh, like Eye of the Tiger music playing while Kyle Ren's like, you know, working out with Snoke and then Ray's working out with Luke. <laughs> it's like, like, uh, what's, uh, Kylo Ren is like running in the snow. Or something? No, it'd, like be, it'd be Ray. Like that Rush, it would be you know Ray. You that Rocky doing Four that. scene? Yeah, that's you know what that I mean. Rocky Four scene? It would so be she's Ray. Running on the, she's running on the hills, and Kylo Ren's running in like a facility somewhere Technology. getting steroided up. Yeah. <laughs> getting shot with steroids. <laughs> Except in this case, it would be midi chlorians, but nobody says it. And <laughs> <laughs> nobody mentions it because... <laughs> because He's juicy JJ with said nobody would ever. Yeah, nobody would. Have, no, he he said nobody would ever mention midichlorians again, um, even though they exist. But like you're shooting it up, and like you see the 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 word the midichlorian spelt out, but like after M and I, the 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 labels like faded because it's been so long since somebody anybody found like a shot of midichlorians. But, <laughs> or or like they just imply it because like he gets injected and then his force. You know, he went from like trying to like force pull something and it didn't work, and then he juiced up, and then he like did the force pull, and the whole wall rips off. And he's yeah, like, it's oh, just yeah. like uh, they're trying to determine his like pound per pressure, like in Dra- like Drago. Yeah, right, like in Rocky Horror, <laughs> and he force pushes the machine through the wall. And they're like, "Yeah, you did it." And then uh, Brigitte Nielsen is just standing on the side, nodding in approval. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, <laughs> I want to see that movie I want to see and then like it's instead of the short Russian guy it's like Snoke there standing there <laughs> and he says he says anything he punch anything he force pushes he kills yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more mini Claudians more and then uh, you flash and then you flash to Luke and Le- uh, Luke and uh, Ray 
a ray training and you know with rocks. A ray, yeah, <laughs> with rocks. <laughs> He's she's now doing the handstand. Uh, um, and he, and Luke is like, well, because fucking Yona made me do it, you're gonna fucking do it too. I've never had to do this in a fight, but you're gonna fucking do it. I've been waiting all these years to make someone yeah. do this shit. And then like, you know, in Rocky Four, like, <laughs> yeah, in like Rocky Four, he's like, he's lifting like the um, he's lifting the cart full of like people. <laughs> yeah. So in this one, it's Ray lifting up Luke in a shit ton of rocks in the cart. <laughs> and then she Moving, climbs bitch. to the. Yeah, she climbs, she runs, like, she force runs all the way to the very top of the mountain. And at the top of the mountain, she yells out uh, Kylo Ren, like, instead of Drago. Kylo! <laughs> and, then she, and then she jogs back down to the bottom, and, like, the music slows down, and then you see Finn standing there. Coming, <laughs> out, of, remember, coming out of the Because remember in Rocky Four when she, He's remember like, in Rocky Four she yeah, comes, like, Rocky comes back, Adrian's saying and instead it's Finn. It's Finn standing outside the cave, like, <laughs> greeting her. Yeah. Oh, God. That's so funny. <laughs> That's all credits. <laughs> yeah. It's the eye of the tiger. Oh, God. Uh, I wonder if John Williams could do eye of the tiger within the orchestra. Paulie comes out of the cave and is fucking complaining because he can't Paulie. get his TV to work. <laughs> There's no internet service out here. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> my communicator's fucking messed up and my protocol droid doesn't work. I can't watch porn on my little panel. <laughs> yeah, because now it makes sense that he has that, that sexy robot that he had, the sexy voice <laughs> robot in Rocky Four. But now he has one. He's got like a <laughs> protocol droid with a port. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Polly. Oh my god! <laughs> Paulie's just sitting there. <laughs> Paulie comes out with like a half bag eating chips and shit, and a yo, beer. Yo, Ray, uh, I lost all your money. Bad investments, <laughs> right? He's got he's got like one of those uh, flask things in a brown paper bag, half bag eating the chips. <laughs> he's got like a I think a blue milk with vodka in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paulie, that's so funny. <clears throat> yeah, so the. Well, anyway, they actually finally show the trailer, and we got to watch that live with you know the rest of the world, which is pretty cool. And um, so, some striking images uh, in that trailer. Um, first of all, I noticed that today somebody put uh, the Force Awakens trailer side mm-hmm. by side with the with the Last Jedi trailer, and beat for beat, they're exactly the same. That was really weird, um, but they're exactly the same the the way they're they're structured. But, hey, the formula works. But uh, there was some interesting imagery. Like, I'm watching this thing going, still going, like, I have no fucking clue what they're doing in this movie. It's It looks darker. It, it does have some imagery that I remember from Empire Strikes Back, which I remember in a previous conversation. You're like, if they're on an ice planet and there's walkers, I'm going to be pissed. But you got it. They half, were, on a, they were got, on a desert planet and there right. were walkers. <laughs> they're the exact opposite. Oh, you know what else pulled me away from the trailer, too? Um, there's a scene where after Ray, you know, she's there on the rocks and her hand is down on the on the rocks and the rocks start moving up. Oh, and I'm no. like, oh, fuck. This is I saw this in Man of Steel. What the <laughs> fuck is this? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Superman did it first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Zack Snyder did it first. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> 
they're like too late. We we already you know post production. If, if she fucking starts taking off and learning how to fly in the first five minutes, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> she just flies around like Keanu Reeves in the Matrix. Just like yeah, she just <laughs> flies around and like destroys like all of Tatooine flying through it. <laughs> yeah, Luke is like I I figured out the power of flight. You know, for Jedi. Like that's the yeah. thing is like. I know we're going to see some force shit that we haven't seen before because mm-hmm. we because they've never like George has never really explored all the different things that they could do with the force. No, they, there's there's books. That might be the first books I've ever seen in Star Wars. <laughs> She's all reading a book. She's like, "Oh shit! Like I can make someone and they throw they up use... with the force. Awesome! <laughs> <laughs> like the like the brown note in South Park <laughs> and the league and the league. Yeah, yeah." Uh, there's a book like actually there's the first time I've ever seen like books in Star Wars and they actually have the Jedi Academy symbol in there or a variation of it and what's crazy is it's a derivative of the original poster one of the original posters for A New Hope and they use the same imagery uh, for Rey to do it and look I know like people are wondering who the fuck Rey's parents are but between the Luke's lightsaber, her direct connection to Luke's lightsaber, and now the 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 two posters. Like, they don't do anything by accident. No. If you look at that poster from A New Hope, Luke is holding the lightsaber with two hands with the same kind of, like, electric emission coming out of the lightsaber because it's not a straight blade. There's, like, almost like a little explosion coming right. out of it. Yeah. And then it goes thin. Well, Ray is doing the same thing in this in the in the Last Jedi uh, poster, but she's only doing it with one hand. Right. Now, I don't know if they're fucking with us, but that stuff is just too coincidental to say like he she is not a Skywalker. No. Like it just, I, it's too close. Like who else could it be? Because Luke again is doing the same almost identical pose. In A New Hope I, I with the lightsaber. I don't think that she's related to anybody from any of the genres, any of the movies. I don't. I just think that would be way too coincidental. Um, I, I think that she has a different patronage, but maybe they were somebody that were powerful in the Force, and they sent her to the so Academy. So you think, you think the, the pose and the lightsaber, they're just fucking with us? I think they're fucking with us. Because the first thing that I looked at when I saw it, a couple of things. I thought of the last Starfighter, and then I, <laughs> and then, and then I thought of Tron. Uh, Tron. Tron. Yeah, I thought of Tron immediately after that. Uh, the poster's dope, though. It's, it's yeah, really, it really awesome. Um, but, there, you know, there's a lot of imagery in the Force Awakens one, too. Like, the Ray's staff is the same, like, the angle as Kylo Ren's, you know, lightsaber. And there's a whole red side and a blue side. And, and she's kind of aiming toward the red side. Like Okay, so you know, if you notice, like, that that poster resembles the six other posters of the re, even the special editions for oh, the original yeah. trilogy. But they resemble the first prequel posters where you started using that style. Yes. Now you go to The Last Jedi, and it's completely broken away from that format. And I think it's on multiple layers of why they did that. Yeah. First being, we brought you back. Like, again, like we said before, I think they made The Force Awakens because the prequel sucked. Yeah. Like, the story and everything and how they made it, they made such a big deal about going back to how the original trilogy worked. They could not have thrown it more in the George Lucas's face that your prequel sucked. Yeah. So, so again, this now the they test. brought us – right. They, they brought us back from the force awakens like now everybody knows star wars can be good again 
and then your first movie coming out of the gate, you change the color of Star Wars. It's red now. It's not that uh, yellow, yellow orangish color, right? right? And you have the Last Jedi there. Then the poster is a tiny bit callback to A New Hope, but everything else outside of that is completely different. Completely different. Yeah, they don't have a poster that looks like that. No, it's weird. Um, you know, Luke is on one side of the lightsaber, uh, Kylo Ren's on the other side, and they're red, and she is got bright blue, you know, shining above her. Um, there's a lot of different type of imagery. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to take that. It seemed like in the trailer. So let's go through the trailer a little bit more. But basically, like we see some books. Uh, we see her training like Karate Kid style. You that, know? Yeah, that was another thing I saw in there too. Was yeah, kid. like she was waving the lightsaber and he was standing above her, like watching. Um, what else was in that trailer? It's been a little while. Oh, there's a scene where it shows the back of her and she's like the oceans hitting up against, you know, making waves. Okay, so that that, that scene right Anakin. there, right? Anakin on um, fuck, what planet was Naboo? Yes, when they were on Nab, uh, was that wait? That wasn't Naboo, was it? Uh, yeah, it was in Naboo because it was Attack of the Clones. Oh, right, right, right. right. Yeah, it was in Naboo where he's like meditating out there um, after he, having a, he, a dream he medita- about his he medit- Yeah, he meditates a couple times. He does it there and he does it in the Revenge of the Sith too when he's uh, dreaming about her, about Padme dying. I think there's a couple times where he goes and stands out on that balcony, um, either there or in another place. But that shot is directly correlated to episode two. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Um. So they showed that, then they showed a bunch of quick shots of uh, uh, looks like the Empire or the First Order finds the it's base, fighting back. Yeah, fighting finds back. the base, shoots, you know, Poe's running away with BB-8. You see Finn still in the little, you know, recovering in his pod or whatever. Um, we don't see anything much, anything else of any other character. We don't see Chewie. You see a quick, you see a quick flash of Phasma. Yes. Um, you well, see oh. what looks like the shot, mm-hmm. uh, a wide-angle shot of the dream sequence or the the, um, the Force sequence in yes. The Force Awakens where Luke uh, drops down to his knees and puts his hand on R2. Um, R2, and you see that there's a fire somewhere. It's the other um, perspective. It's their perspective. It might, it might be that. It, that's what it looks <clears> like. So there might be some flashback scenes, or not flashback, but like more of a storytelling scene where Luke tells maybe Ray, like, what the hell's been going on? Yeah. Or what actually happened? Um, you probably see the Knights of Ren, finally, instead of just a, you know, a force uh, I'm, scene. I'm excited about that. Um, really excited. But over, overall, like, I mean, it's it's a good teaser. Um, but I don't know about you. I didn't get the same goosebumps and craziness I got from watching the Force Awakens trailer. I think well, because there was so much hype for the Force Awakens. Yeah. And what they sh- you you kind of hit it on you kind of hit it right on the button there when you said in the beginning like you still don't know what this movie is about. Um and the the trailer ends with Luke saying it's time for the Jedi to end. That got me going a little bit. Yeah. What's going to really like blow my mind is if in the next trailer I see Luke doing something with a lightsaber, I'm yeah. gonna fucking lose it. I just gonna hope, lose it. I just hope not so much. I, I really want them to really hold back on the amount of stuff they want it to that they're gonna show. Um, I agree though. I mean, I'd like to see a little something, but not too much because they they're notorious, especially with the prequels anyway, of showing too much 
and then you go in going like, yeah, I already saw well, that. Well, The Force Awakens didn't have anything like that. No. I mean, if they're, if they're smart, you kind of expect, like, Luke to wield a lightsaber at some point in time, right? Like, so it wouldn't be too big of a spoiler what they should have, what they should keep. And, and I was saying this to somebody today, and I would, I would seriously burst out in tears in the movie. If I see Leia using the Force or igniting a lightsaber, I'm going to fucking lose it. Yeah, I, I would uh, ball my eyes out if I saw that. Or if I saw her do anything with the Force, that would be fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, there's so much speculation. I did see, like, they have a massive space battle, so I was kind of excited about that because we haven't seen that in a while uh, since Return of the Jedi or... Uh, no, uh, Revenge of the Sith. I guess the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, they had a big... Yeah. But that battle's That not, shot was that actually was, pretty cool. The shot's cool, but then as soon as they got in the cockpits and they started talking, I was like, oh, Jesus. Like, this is bad yeah. dialogue. Yeah, it was good before that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I think um, Celebration looked like it went off with, without a hitch. It looked like it was a lot of fun to be there. I do know from reading a lot of forums that it was that the crowds were really big uh a lot of people were complaining about being able to get in the panels they had to stay overnight i mean way more than what you and i had to do um that's for sure uh that first night we we should have stayed the night we would have made it but they had to do they had to do that every night including like saturday night to go to sunday's panels i mean that's crazy um or if you want to get merchandise you had to stand in a line to get a ticket to stand in another line to get the merchant. I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of lines. So I, I'm just hoping that they either a make the facility bigger, like, kind of like what they do with Comic Con. There's a lot of multiple things going on, so you don't, you know, you have to pick and choose or whatever. But with Star Wars, it's almost like they could do panels at the same time, but then and then fluctuate them so that um, people can, you know, be able to see majority of everything. Because I heard a lot of people didn't get to see a lot it's kind of like paying lots of money to go to disneyland and riding like two rides you know so that would be very disappointing so in that respect i'm glad that you and i didn't go but i i've been hearing a little bit of rumors i don't know if this is true or not but you know because 2019 is when star wars land opens up um there's some speculation that they will bring it back to anaheim in two years so i guess they're skipping next year so they won't get it back in um in europe but kind of makes sense because to do it every year is too much because there were also people saying like oh my god these panels are exactly the same as they were last year the same questions over and over again you know and so i'm just like well they need to spruce this up a little bit you know and uh but anyway uh if it does come back to anaheim i definitely want to go and uh maybe and there's like a podcast circle there so that'd be kind of cool to be part of that but yeah, overall it was kind of very, it was fun to watch it from my bed <laughs> every day, <laughs> and and now you can go on YouTube and you can actually watch all four days. Uh, I think each one is like five five and a half hours long. You can watch all the in between stuff between the panels. Like they do a lot of fun things. You can watch them. You can watch like Harrison Ford. I think shoot t shirts at people or is that Mark Hamill? I don't remember, but you can see a lot of neat things in between and uh, they talk about collectibles. They talk about all sorts of shit. So. Um, really, really cool stuff. Like twenty hours or thirty hours of content or some shit. It's it's pretty crazy. But um, very grateful for Disney to uh, live stream that. So that was pretty cool because I I'm glad it was it was I felt like I was there. I didn't miss anything. So that was cool. But um, anyway, anything you'd like to add? No, I just want the movie to be here now. 
Eight months, man. Eight months. So far away. It's going to be like six months before (laughs) we even get, be able to buy tickets or seven months. Uh, And we probably won't, we'll probably see a trailer at D23, which happens in July. That should be the actual, like the real first trailer. And then probably another one during football season. If they do the same thing before. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh man, I'm, I'm, I, I'm jazzed. I, I'm just so there's a lot of stuff uh, to for us to do in 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 the meantime. So hopefully the next eight months will go by pretty quick. So, but uh, speaking of which, we do have some announcements coming up. We're gonna not gonna drop them right now, but just stay tuned. Next month, um, we have some uh, really cool stuff planned. So and that's the month of May, um, especially toward the end of the month. So we'll talk about that. Two big things happening at the end of May, at the end of May. And we'll announce that soon, at some point. Uh, all righty. Well, that was uh, episode 77. That was our casserole episode, number seven, uh, if you're keeping count. And that was uh, our take on Star Wars Celebration Orlando 2017. Uh, that's Chew on This Energy United Podcast. I'm BJ. Back. Until next time, folks, chew on that. Later. <laughs>